Coming up, the town of Midnight Falls has risen once again, and we're going to see what new scares are in store. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is day 33 of our 61 Day Hauntathon, where we're counting down to Halloween by visiting a different haunted house every day here on the show. Today is Monday, October 3rd, and there are only 28 days until Halloween. In this year's Hauntathon, we have daily videos and even exclusive fan events. Links to everything are in the show notes. The Los Angeles Haunted Hayride is once again open in Griffith Park. After acquiring the Los Angeles Haunted Hayride, 13th Floor Entertainment Group established a central narrative to tie the experience together, the town of Midnight Falls. Guests arrive to the fictional town of Midnight Falls, and every maze and the hayride itself are all linked together as facilities that exist in Midnight Falls. And of course, while being in Griffith Park itself gives the experience a fantastic atmosphere, it comes with a few challenges. Today, we're speaking with Chris Stafford, CEO of the 13th Floor Entertainment Group, about this year's expansions and some unique challenges to the Los Angeles Haunted Hayride. So we are here at Los Angeles Haunted Hayride 2022. Lots of fan favorites back this year, of course, the Hayride itself, but in addition to Hayride, there's three mazes here. There is Midnight Mortuary Evil Earth, there is Trick or Treat, and there is Slaughterhouse or Laughter House, depending upon how you want to say it. But And that's our new maze here for 2022. So Slaughterhouse or Laughter House is basically a pretty visceral experience. You got your traditional Slaughterhouse, but now it's been overrun with clowns from a defunct carnival that broke down on the side of Midnight Falls. The Los Angeles Haunted Hayride is, is super unique because really we're able to transport you to New England during the Halloween season, but you're smack dab in the middle of Los Angeles in Griffith Park. And it, just the feel that you get when you come out here is like fall in New England and just an amazing feeling that you get that you can't get many other places, especially in Los Angeles. Since we created the town of Midnight Falls, everything that we've been doing with Hayride since then revolves around that town. Yeah. So every time we add a new feature or a new attraction, it's going to revolve around some character that might be from that town or a business that might be from that town. And we want to keep kind of growing that story in that, in that world because at the end of the day, in October, when people are going out to have fun for Halloween, it's all about being transported to a different place. And that's really what we're trying to recreate here. I think one of the most unique things this year is one of the most popular characters has become Herschel the Ice Cream Man. And he's been popular for years here. And, you know, going into this year's planning, I was like, well, why wouldn't Herschel have an ice cream store in Midnight Falls? We have the Ice Cream Man. Yeah. So now you get a picture with Herschel and his ice cream truck. And right next to it is Herschel's ice cream. You can actually buy ice cream from Herschel now. We all go to an event and we can buy an ice cream cone, but who can say they bought an ice cream cone from a crazy clown character in Midnight Falls. The cost of entertainment has been going up, so yeah. people are expecting more. They want more of an evening's worth of entertainment. They want to be more immersed in, in what they're experiencing, to your point. So that's something that we've always kind of had at Hayride. And I think since we've really worked on leaning into the story of Midnight Falls, that's helped us to really kind of foster that atmosphere that people want to hang out in and they want to spend time in. And yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if they're staying there longer, your average spend per guest is going to go up. But that's not what should just drive that. You should yeah. drive the experience first, because if you drive the experience first, then the rest of that will follow. Speaking about the experience, we're in Griffith Park. 
yep. of course, and you're here for a very short amount of time. So setup of the Los Angeles Haunted Hayride in 2022 was definitely a curveball. We actually lost an entire week off of our production schedule. We had all of our permits approved, everything was in place, and uh, the city had some interesting new permitting and regulation policies that they had to adhere to, and that delayed our setup schedule by a week. It's nothing we, we've ever had to go through before, and it was really a shock to us, because like I said, our, our whole schedule had been approved, and you know we knew when everything was. Of course, you have to come in and schedule the trades and the vendors that are coming in to help put the event together, because it's a massive event. Yeah. And when you lose a whole week off of your production schedule, That's you're like, that's Isn't that like twenty five percent of your schedule? I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, of, actually. Of your so, so just to, to tell you, we usually get three weeks to set up. We had two weeks, but we got it done. And that's listen, not to sound cheesy here, but it's a testament to our team. They yeah. dug in. They got it done. Long hours. Lots of people. Lots of new people that we had to bring in. But at the end of the day, I mean, we've been doing this a while now, and we know what it takes in order to, you know, get the resources to get the job done. And and. Uh, it was a monumental task this year, but our team pulled it off, and I couldn't be more proud of them. They did an amazing job. It's one of those things that's out of your control. If you want to maintain the uniqueness of the yeah. hayride in a park, yeah. you have to deal with. In any business, especially in entertainment, you know they talk about the the P's, right? And the and one of the P's being place, right? Yeah. And we're in a great location. You know, we're yeah. in the center of Los Angeles. We're in Griffith Park, amazingly beautiful park during the day, amazingly yeah. creepy park at night. And you know, so because we're in a great place, we have to put up with a pretty rigorous setup schedule that you know is is extremely difficult to pull off. So you know, in, in the long run. It probably holds us back a little bit for maybe doing some of the things that we would do if it was more of a permanent installation. But I mean, every year I'm amazed that the, our artists come up with ideas and I'm like, well, how are we going to pull that off? Because we have two weeks to do it or three weeks mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they find a way, you know, and, and I don't know. Now that I sit here and think about it, maybe that creativity is what helps to encourage them to want to do things like that and to want to take on things that um, maybe you'd look at without context and go, well, that sounds crazy. But uh, I think for them, it's inspiration. Do you think the model that you're doing here, do you think that's the future of Haunted Attractions? You know, as far as the future of Haunted Attractions, I'm not entirely sure that, that this model is the future. I still think people like all different types of entertainment. People like it because it gives them a night out, it gives them an evening out with their family and friends and time to catch up and not just experience the entertainment. But I also think that there's people that crave more intimate, smaller experiences that are more in depth and maybe maybe even a little more immersive, you know? And I don't know that the traditional haunted house is ever going away. Those types of environment are so much more easy to create sets and, and different atmospheres because you can work on them on a year-round basis. They're very captive by way of sound and lighting. I think it's a lot easier to do higher detailed and more immersive environments in those types of setting. So I don't see that as going away. You know, larger events and festival events like this where you can go out and spend the evening, yeah, they're great, but they also usually come with a very short window of time to set them up and creates other challenges where you, you can't create necessarily as, as deeply immersive of worlds that you can create in a warehouse or, or in a building or something like that. So as far as the future, um, you know, I, I just think that the future is bright all around for Halloween attractions, regardless what type they are. If you look at our 
our portfolio and our business, you'll see all different types, you know, from the festival type event to warehouse haunted house to even now some more deeper immersive experiences that we're experimenting with. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts, videos, and events in our 61-day Hauntathon. Follow along at the link in our show notes. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo. Sign up at gantam.com slash demo. That's gantam.com slash demo. Our Hauntathon team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Our partners for this year's Hauntathon include Sharp Productions, HorrorBuzz.com, ScareTrack, TheScareFactor.com, and Hauntopic Radio. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at HauntedAttractionNetwork.com. We'll catch you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.